series, Generational Dominion. We started last week in this, and uh, let's begin with a word of prayer, and we'll get uh, right into our study tonight. Father God, we thank you. For the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We wait on you Holy Spirit. We desire your ministry tonight. We ask for divine light tonight. By way of the written word of God. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Anoint me afresh. That the mystery of the gospel may come forth in divine power for God's kingdom glory. Now, Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the glory, all of the praise and all of the honor for everything that is done for every person delivered tonight. For everyone set free tonight, for everybody healed tonight, we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, First John chapter 3, verse 8 says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Son of God, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he came to destroy the works of the devil. And to return the dominion that Adam lost in the garden. Back to mankind. That's the the main reason that he came. To deliver man from sin. And to take back the authority that was given to Satan when Adam sinned in the garden. That dominion authority has been passed down from Jesus to the church. As we were studying last week, God used Israel as a vehicle to bless mankind. Told Abraham that I'm going to use you and your seed to restore dominion in the earth. And that generational dominion was passed from Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob and to all of Abraham's seed. Now, all of Abraham's seed, we found out last week, did not operate in that dominion consistently. Though it was the will of God that they should have. It was never the will of God that Israel ever be defeated. In any way on the battlefield. God always wanted them to triumph in him. And to bring him glory. That generational dominion information was meant to be passed to every generation. And we found out last week that for whatever reason, 
Israel went into bondage in Egypt. And we've, we said that uh, maybe the cause of that was because they did not continue to pass the message that Israel was a dominion nation. That uh, Joseph, the, 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 there was a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And because he did not know Joseph, because Israel didn't tell him about Joseph. It was their assignment to tell that nation of Egypt about their God. And because I believe they remained silent concerning that, they did not impact that culture. So that that Pharaoh that did not know Joseph, it was because Israel failed to tell him about Joseph and the covenant God that Joseph served. So for 430 years, Israel was in bondage. Never was God's will for them. I don't believe it was ever God's will for them to be in bondage. God knew that they would experience that. He even told Abraham that. And we found out last week that part of the reason that Israel would probably went into bondage is because of their They've been a stiff-necked people. They showed that as, as soon as they came out of bondage. They, they showed that characteristic of a rebellious people. But it was never God's will that they experience that type of bondage. Well, after they came out of Egypt, God began to remind them of their calling. In the book of Joshua, I think we touched on this last week, but I do want to go back to Joshua as we go forward. God began to remind them of their destiny, of their calling and their destiny. That that generational dominion was never the end, but it was to be passed on to the next generation. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people. Even though Moses was dead, God's covenant dominion was meant to be passed on. God, because Moses died, did not mean that God's plan was to be terminated. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore go, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land that I do give to them, even the children of Israel. Then he explains something very powerful here. He says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. So God has given Joshua the same information that he gave Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. So God has given them the parameters of of the territory that they are to possess. 
Then he says something very interesting in verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. That's covenant talk right there. He's telling them there is a generational dominion that has been passed to you, Joshua. And I am the God of that covenant. And I will not fail you. I will be faithful to you as long as you live in the parameters of the covenant. And the parameters of the covenant was to believe what God said. They asked Jesus, what must I do to work the works of God? And Jesus said to believe on him whom God has sent. Keep our, to keep our eyes on the covenant and the redeemer of that covenant, who is Christ Jesus. He tells him, be strong and of a good courage. So he tells him there's going to be a, a need for you to be strong. You're going to have opposition, but that does not mean just because you have opposition that God is not willing to, uh, to give you dominion authority in your generation. Opposition is a sign that God wants you to go in and conquer something. Be strong and of a good courage, for under this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Remember what God told Abraham? He says, I swear that I'm going to do this for you. He says, I swear by my throne, I'm going to do this for you. And he's telling us the same thing tonight because we are the spiritual seed of Abraham. He's telling us that I swear by the blood of my son. That every promise in Christ Jesus is yes and amen. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Because there are going to be some things that the enemy is going to set before you that's going to try to cause you to be fearful. But understand that you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. We are not to be shaken by what we see. We're not to be shaken by what we feel. We're only to believe what the Word says. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So God is telling them, obey me. Live in obedience. Don't stray away from God. Let God remain God in your life. The only time Israel would fail to experience generational dominion is when they got into idol worship. As long as they kept God number one. 
they were never defeated. We need to understand that. The same holds true with us. The covenant that we experience through covenant relationship with Jesus Christ is a greater covenant than Israel had. We've learned that. The covenant that we have is established on the blood of Jesus Christ. The covenant that they, they lived under was a covenant established on the blood of bulls and goats. How many of you know God is faithful? And if he says that he's going to be with us no matter what, we can count on him to keep his word. So that's what he's telling Joshua. He's giving Joshua the encouragement, letting him know that though there will be opposition, I'm causing you to experience generational dominion as long as you believe it. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So he's telling Joshua the key. He's giving him the key. To keep the word of God in his mouth. To continuously speak the covenant. I'm going to say that again. Continuously speak the word of God. That's what God is telling us tonight. He's trying to get up, give us a new revelation of the power of his word. The Word of God says that the Word of God is a the sword of the Spirit. That's why the enemy hates for you to speak it. Because he knows when you begin to speak the Word of God, all of those things that are coming against you will be defeated. The power of the Word of God. That's what he's telling Joshua right here. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, he says, when you continue to speak the word of God, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then you shall have a good success. Now, we found out last week again that Israel and Abraham were the heirs of the world. God had given them this planet. That they were to inherit this planet, the heirs of the world. The seed of Abraham, we found out, is Jesus Christ. So everything that God promised Abraham was really for Jesus. The seed. But the scripture says, and I'm talking about dominion authority. But the scripture says... That we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And just to put it plainly, again, everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us through covenant relationship. That includes that generational dominion, authority in the earth. Now let's go to uh, Joshua 21. And let's look at verse 43. 
And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers. So God kept his word. Amen. And they possessed it. They went in. They experienced it. They experienced the promise of God. They grasped it. It was, it wasn't just a pipe dream, but they experienced it because God is faithful. Same God that wanted them to experience what they experienced in their covenant relationship with God. He wants you and I to experience in our generation. This is not a watered down covenant that we're experiencing now. This covenant that we're experiencing, again, is a greater covenant than what Israel experienced. We don't have any natural enemies as they had. Our enemies are spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Those spirits, and we're going to find out through the word, those spirits, those principalities and powers have been deemed defeated by Jesus Christ. But the church, our job... Is to believe it. And to stand on the promises that talk about it. Verse 44. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all the, their enemies before them. And the Lord delivered all their enemies, somebody say all their enemies, all their enemies into their hand. Glory to God. Not a, not a enemy was, was defeated. All of them were defeated. Every last one of them. That was the will of God. Same holds true with you. Every demonic power that has come against you, God expects you. This is the hope of his calling. He expects you and I to experience covenant dominion over them. Whether it be sickness and disease, whether it be generational poverty and lack, God wants us to overcome by way of the covenant because the covenant that we experience through Jesus Christ is not a watered-down covenant. Hallelujah. We are truly who God says we are. And we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. But we got to rise up and believe it. So God was willing for this covenant to be passed from generation to generation. Verse 45. There fell not art any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. Somebody said, it all came to pass. He expects the same for us. Every promise in, in the new covenant, God wants his church to begin to experience it. Not without persecution. Yeah, you're still going to be persecuted. Not without some suffering. Yeah, we're still going to suffer some things. But we will overcome. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith in the word of God. Hallelujah. We're never meant to be defeated. Because Jesus said so. Jesus said so. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go to 1 Samuel 
chapter 17. Now this is 400 years later. David, King David, well he wasn't king yet, but 400 years later, David, who is also the seed of Abraham, believes and applies faith in the same covenant that God spoke to Joshua about. So the covenant has not lost its power. It has not lost its strength. But there are some in the nation of Israel who are not experiencing it because they don't believe it. Israel was experiencing conflict, and yet they were experiencing fear at the same time. And that should never have been. Let's look at chapter 17 and verse 8. And he stood, talking about Goliath, and cried unto the armors of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? Am I not an enemy? And you servants of Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. That sounds just like the devil, don't it? If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel. I challenge the armies of Israel. Give me a man that we may fight together. Then Saul and all of Israel heard those words. When Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were afraid because someone was coming against the covenant. They had forgotten Everything that God had told Joshua 400 years before. They had forgotten that they were the seed of Abraham. And that the God that promised Joshua that no man would be able to stand before them, him all the days of his life. The same God wanted that promise made manifest in their lives. Somewhere along the line, Israel had lost its way. Somewhere along the line, the the information of dominion had been lost. Or else they would not have been afraid. Verse 26. Mm -hmm. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man that killeth this Philistine? (laughs) So David... A man after God's own heart, a worshiper of God, one who has spent quality time with God, one who has allowed the word of God to enter into his heart, 
through communion with God, understands that there's no way that a covenant child of God should be defeated. So he asked that question. That's why he asked this question. What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So David, he has adopted the heart of Joshua. He has meditated on the word of God like God told him to, like God told Joshua to. Meditate day and night in the covenant. And he's beginning to speak out of his mouth covenant authority and dominion. He said this, this Philistine, he's a giant, but he does not have a covenant with God and I do. That makes all the difference in the world. I don't care what the devil brings. I don't care what sickness he brings. I don't care what trouble he brings. We have a covenant with God that promises us victory every single time. Hallelujah. God is just looking for a David who will believe what the word says and does not shift, uh, uh, is not afraid and quiver in the sight of Goliath. But a people who know their God and the power of covenant relationship with him. Hallelujah. That's why David and God got along so well. David failed God many times. But he had a heart for God. He had a heart for the He trusted God. And that's where God wants us. He wants us to get us to that place. Where we utterly trust the covenant. No matter what God says, no matter how it, un, impossible it may sound to our carnal mind, God begins to say, I want my people to trust me like that. Because this generational dominion, God is the author of it. It's his perfect will for us. Somebody said, well, when we get to heaven... Yeah, when we get to heaven, we, we're going to have some great things. But there are no enemies in heaven. The only enemies we face is here. So God wants us, and going back to Ephesians, the hope of it, what is the hope of his calling? Riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the church stepping out. And doing things that n- normal people, natural man cannot do. Kind of getting ahead of myself. Let's look at verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. I'm talking about Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able... To go against this Philistine. You'll, you'll hear that. When you step out like this, you'll hear that. Don't be foolish. Don't be presumptuous. And, and you know, most of the time when people talk like that, it's because they're afraid. <laughs> they don't know the covenant. He's telling David that word that God gave to Joshua, that's not for you. 
That's what he's saying. That word for, that, that, that God gave to 400 years before, that's not for this generation. That's what he's saying. But David refused to believe that. Verse 32 again. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. How many of y'all know the Bible says we're new creatures in Christ Jesus? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There was a time when you were no match for the devil before you got born again. <laughs> but now that you're born again, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, God says, I've given you the authority and generation dominion to cancel it. In Jesus' name. And David said, verse 34, David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear. And I took the lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him again. And I killed him. Hallelujah. How many of you know that's, that's supernatural? <laughs> I'm going to read that again. He says, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went after him. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I wouldn't have went after him, okay? I said, no, I got plenty more. And y'all can have them. But no, David, David was a covenant man. He understood some things. This guy had courage, man. He knew that God was with him. And he went after him, the Bible says, and I hit him. He smote him and and took it out of his mouth. And when he came, and when he, after I took it out of his mouth, he arose against me. So the, so the animal did not run off, but he rose against him. He says, but I caught him by the beard. And I hit him again, and I killed him. That's covenant dominion right there. That's generational dominion. You know why? Because the man simply believed what God said. He simply believed it. Now, I'm not counseling you to go after a bear or a lion. But I'm talking about the, the, the principalities and powers of darkness that's coming against you. That lion that, lion that roars like Satan, whose, whose teeth have been taken out. That's what I'm talking about. When he roars against you, don't be afraid. God help us not to be afraid. God help us to stand at that point of conflict. And help us to speak your word at that moment. And help us to overcome, because I really believe this. I really believe it's at the initial confrontation where a lot of battles are lost. When, we, when you first are attacked, how do you respond? Do you go into, into a hole for three days and uh, cry? Nothing wrong with tears. God will dry your tears, but 
but, but or, or do you at that moment rise up in the spirit and tell the devil no? In the name of Jesus, no! Do you use that generational authority and dominion at that point? Do you trust God at that point? Not saying that the, that the uh, circumstances are going to change at that point. No, a lot of times they don't. But it's at that point that the enemy knows that he's in for a battle. Because he's run into somebody who knows the word. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, the Bible says. He will flee. That's what the Bible says. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. Let's look at verse 45. Y'all already know the story. That's why I'm not going to really preach hard on it tonight. But it says here in verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine. Thou comest to me with a sword. And with a spear. And with a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. Whom you have defied. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take your head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the, of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. David knows this because he knows generational dominion has been passed to him. He knows it in his heart. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened, I love it, and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. That's covenant confidence right there. That's, that's a man who really and truly is rooted and grounded in this. And that's what God wants you to be. When you get that bad report from the doctor, that evil report from the doctor, God says, don't run away from it. Run toward it in the name of Jesus. By his stripes, I am here. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for me, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith. Hallelujah. Everything that God promised Abraham, in principle, he has promised you and I through covenant relationship. That means that any sickness that comes against you must die. The same as Goliath died that day, that sickness must die when you understand these things. But I must come to the place where these things that we're talking about tonight, tonight are real. God will teach you these things. He'll, he'll train you along these lines if, if we'll stay in the Word. I often tell people that uh, 
when I'm under attack and sickness comes, tries to come against me, I'll get alone and I'll get this uh, YouTube teaching, Christ the Healer. Y'all ever heard of that book, Christ the Healer, F.F. F. Bosworth? And I've done this several times. I'll just shut everything off and just get alone with that teaching and just meditate on it a couple of days. And I'm, I'm telling you, it works every time. <laughs> every time. Because our minds have to be renewed to this type of thinking. This does not come automatically. Uh, everything in the natural is telling us we can't win. Everything in the natural is telling us that we're ordinary. But we're not ordinary. Because God says we're not. And we can overcome anything that comes against us because of him. And I really believe that's why the enemy attacks me so much because I preach like this all the time. And and I'm I'm here to tell you that God is no respecter of persons. He wants his church walking in the fullness of this covenant. I really believe that. Verse 49. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. That the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword So he's using Goliath's own sword and drew it out of the seat thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled, the Bible says. Now, as I close, anyone in that army could have did the same thing. The ones who were afraid, every time Goliath came out and spoke, they ran for cover. Any one of those people in that army could have done that. David, who was not even a part of the army, came and operated in covenant victory, generational dominion, because he believed the promise. Saul, the king, was afraid. He had the same right to kill Goliath as David did. That's where we got to get it. That's where God wants us to get. Because see, the weakest one in the church is stronger than the devil in Christ. You got to see yourself that way though. The, The weakest person in the body of Christ is a champion over Satan because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done. You got to see your, we have to begin to see ourselves as God sees us. David saw him himself as a champion that day. That's why he was able to defeat the Philistine champion. And that's where God wants to get you tonight. It doesn't matter what's coming against you tonight. God says, I got your back. This word will work for you just as much as it will work for anybody else. Stand to your feet tonight. Father God, we thank you for mercy 
grace, and divine light tonight. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood, Lord God, that is evident in the Holy of Holies. We thank you for our great Redeemer, our champion, Jesus Christ, who has gone before us that we could experience all of the covenant blessings that your word promises. Jesus, we give you the glory tonight. We give you all the praise tonight. We worship at your feet. For it is you who have done it all. We are those, Lord God, who are coming behind you, experiencing every benefit that you have given us. You said, Lord Jesus, that the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works shall you do because I go unto the Father. So tonight, Lord God, in the various temptations, the various trials, the various tests that we encounter, help us, O oh God, to see you. To see you high and lifted up. And understand, Lord God, that we share in your dominion. We share in your inheritance. We share in every victory, Lord God, that you accomplished on Calvary and in your resurrection. And we'll give you all the glory, Lord, all the praise, all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.